Blood Orgy, band name, album name, or song title? Blood Orgy. Ah, oh, man. Um, I'd have to go with... Uh... Feels like a metal album. Metal album, yeah. Band name is a little too, you know, I'm going to see Blood Orgy. That's Orgy. too much. Yeah, that's too uh, much. That's... An album name or, or maybe even a song name, but an album name probably makes a little more sense. Ooh, could be a good name for a tour. The Blood Orgy Tour. Blood Orgy it would be, absolutely. Good tour name. Maybe that's where we're going with the tour name. Christmas time is once a year. Regular Every Christmas holds it dear. Every animal big or small. Welcome to Regular Dudes Watched Up. We're doing a holiday thing here. I am Magna Mills with the Soup Deucer. Thank you for checking us out. We are going to discuss what we've watched recently. There's going to be some holiday discussion. And we're going to talk about one of our favorite episodes of one of our favorite shows. We're going to talk about an episode of South Park. It's that time of the year, so you know it. We are doing Woodland Critter Christmas. That's the season finale from season eight. Soup Deucer, how are you living tonight? Uh, pretty good, man. Pretty good. You know, it's not too cold out. Nice and comfortable, man. Having a good time out here. <laughs> lounging it out man sipping on some brews and chilling man you know uh you know getting in the christmas spirit man trying to trying to spread joy and cheer hail satan hail satan i like that and i like that you know you're sticking to a couple brews eggnog i think should just be a one two night thing you don't want to overdo it with i don't eggnog. like the eggnog man I, yeah i don't i don't like it i mean i'll drink something else instead i've tried to try it i just don't um it's just not for me man yeah, there's a reason on December 26th you see it on sale for 50% off everywhere. If people liked it that much, they'd keep going to it through the New Year's, kind of like how people keep eating turkey after Thanksgiving. If it was yeah. that good, they'd still be consuming it. As soon as Christmas is over, I everyone is just I done. I did like the shit, you know? <laughs> you get a good deal on it, then. You really would. Uh, I remember that back in the day, getting 30 packs of Ice House for nine ninety nine because nobody liked it. I'm like, man, Ice House 30 pack for 10 bucks. Count That's me like, my dude's trash, man. You know, somebody else's trash, dude. <laughs> Right, and for that same guy, we used to have to get the uh, the two cases of OV splits and, and hold them for him. So, uh, shout out OV splits, shout out splits in general. They're making a comeback, and this is regular dudes watched off. Don't call it a comeback. We've been here for beers. Thank you for checking us out. You can find us wherever your podcasts and on YouTube. We are on social media at dudes watched up. Do not forget it. Do not forget your holiday shopping, and don't forget the flaps. Follow, like, and please subscribe. It's all we ask. If you had fun. Please click that thumb. And without further ado, it's time to find out what we've been filling our holes with on some holes in this house. If you see them, talk about them, Soup. What have you been filling your holes with? It can be your eye holes, your ear holes, your face eggs, whatever you want to call them. What have you been filling them with? Yeah, man, I've got a little bit of a list here, you know, because I've been filling my holes, you know, pretty, 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 uh, you know, uh, constantly here recently. With some good stuff, man. So, uh, you know, we'll start out with, uh, you know, I went ahead and started on all the Christmas stuff. Because if I try to jam it into the last week or two, all December, I try to do work my way into the Christmas stuff. And I got a list of Christmas things I want to fucking, you know, get around to and watch and everything else. So uh, things I do every year, of course, there's those. But uh, this year so far, I caught Frosty. I've already caught the Grinch, man. I've already caught Gremlins. Not part two, though. I want to check part two. It's been a hot minute since I've seen part three. Um, I've caught this movie, which I hadn't seen before, called Krampus, The Reckoning. You know, there's a couple Krampus's movies out there and shit, man. And yeah, whatever. You know, I like those weird, you know, uh, cheesy, campy horror flicks, man. So 
uh, here we are with one of those, and it was solid worth the watch. And speaking of which, man, one of the best of all times when it comes to Christmas horror flicks, Jack Frost, man. It is cheesy as fuck. 90s movie, Jack Frost. It's great, dude. I mean, if you're into that kind of thing, man, it's a legendary. If you like Christmas horror movies, you've seen Jack Frost. Uh, I think they do have a part two to that as well. But uh, either way, whatever, I have not seen that one. But if it is out there, I'll check it, man. I'll, I'll put that in my notes to look at because i do have more to look at but anyway uh and then uh and then yes of course i i made it to uh to to watch violent night as well violent night was a good one man i seen it last year and i hadn't seen it since it was it was a nice rewatch man as i think that's a good uh every year holiday uh you know throw in there on on the uh, rotation so uh that'll probably definitely become one of those for a yearly thing so that's how far i've gotten man there's some things that i uh that are not christmas related that i've been watching lately and uh that is uh primarily shorzy shorzy is great i definitely recommend it um i've also been sprinkling in a little bit of letter kenny as well because those two shows are kind of related but not really but you know like a spin-off kind of thing either way very cool check them out uh other than that man i just have a continuing list of christmas things that i will get to but we'll talk about that when we get to the hype train mills what you've been scoping out was in your holes man uh nice yeah i think uh letter kenny coming up on its final season right i think they're that's is, just about yes. to air or something like that i think on hulu or you know probably some other stuff who but i think uh at least in the United States, I think you find it on Hulu. Uh, I have been continuing with Slow Horses from Apple TV. It's a spy thing, but it's also a comedy. It's got Gary Oldman being like the sloppiest spy master you've ever seen. He just drinks and smokes and hates everybody, and he's completely awesome. Uh, it's a ton of fun. And I finally caught up on some big movies from the summer. Uh, been really catching up on other shows, watching football, so I hadn't gotten around to these. And they happen to come up on the streaming and whatnot, so that helps. I did see Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny finally. I enjoyed it. It's you know, it's not one of the first three movies. It's certainly better than Crystal Skull. I didn't really have a problem with it. It it was fine. I enjoyed it. Again, just, you know, not going to be up there with the first three, unfortunately. And then I uh, did catch the Mission Impossible, the latest one, Dead Reckoning Part 1. I know there's another one coming. It might not even be Dead Reckoning Part 2. I don't know what the deal is, but... Shout out Tom Cruise. He keeps putting out great action movies with these Mission Impossible movies. If you would have told me back in the day, I remember watching that first Mission Impossible, uh, you know, a Brian De Palma flick. And it's kind of more of like a little bit of a thriller and a mystery that these were going to be like the best action movies on the planet. I never would have believed it, but and they go the full mile with all the physical stuff. And yeah, I mean, I will say it's a definitely a part one. It ends on a note where you're like, oh, well, I want the rest of the story. So you know, not the, the most optimal thing for that, but those are really cool. And, you know, I, I definitely would say, you know, I don't go to the movies much anymore, but I would go to one of those IMAX showing for those Mission Impossible movies because they really uh, put the work in to, to make it show up there on the big screen. And as the soup alluded to, it is time for the holiday hype train. Soup, what are you hyped for coming up? It can be holiday related, doesn't have to be. Just as we're entering the season here, what are you looking forward to? It can be movie, TVs, music, life, food, what have you in general. What you hyped for? Right now, since we're on the movie thing, man, I'm going with the movies right away. And I'm saying there's a movie out there I have not seen yet that I want to check out. It's a newer, I don't think it was out last year, it was a 2022 film. It was out last year. I didn't know about it, but anyway, it's out this year, and it looks like uh, it looks like something I want to check out, man. It's called The Mean One, 
And it is basically a Grinch parody with, you know, cheesy Christmas horror, uh, whatever shit's going on, man. So uh, the the trailer looked good enough and looked like what I expected it to look like. So I definitely want to watch it. Um, it's available for rent right now on Prime. So I'll probably go ahead and get that and check it out. So I'm hyped to see that one, man. Also, my continuing list of uh, more things that are just on my watch list leading up to Christmas here are both Bad Santas 1 and 2. That, of course, I watch every year. They'll get there before Christmas comes. Uh, probably here pretty soon. Looking forward to checking those out. Uh, the Ref is definitely on there. That'll be uh, that'll be one I check out uh, as well. And then anything else random that comes up, man. I like those random surprises. You know, you just catch something one day and like, oh, I'm going to watch that. A lot of Christmas flicks out there, man. So uh, I'll be looking forward to seeing what those mysteries are going to be. And uh, we'll talk about that after the fact, man. So uh, until then, that's where I'm at. Nice, nice. Uh, I'm not quite there with the Christmas stuff yet. I'll, I'll probably do a soft reboot and do a couple of the diehard rewatches, at least yeah. the first two, three, maybe four. I don't even mind the fourth diehard as much. Uh, as far as other stuff, I am very excited for the conclusion to Archer, the television series. They're getting kind of a three-part movie, three-episode deal to finish up the series. It's called Into the Cold. That'll air on December 17th. I'm assuming it will be on Hulu as the uh, the rest of Archer is as well, or on FXX. Very excited about that. It's obvious from the way the last season ended, they didn't know it was going to be the end. So I'm very glad they're being given a chance to finish out the show on their own terms. And of course, I am excited about one Christmas thing. I rewatch it every year, and it's the Christmas episode of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Uh, we covered that last year on the Night Pod Cometh. I wouldn't mind covering it every year because it is just so fantastic. Uh, I love it more every year. It's just great. I even randomly had to do to I live in the Philadelphia area and I was was getting beer before the football on Sunday or whatever. And dude, the beer store made a random uh, sunny reference from the, the Christmas episode. So I, I am uh, very, very much a fan. Looking forward to that. But I will be uh, watching some other Christmas stuff, too. I, I haven't seen the ref in forever. That's a good one. Would like to see that again. Obviously, the uh, the bad Santas are great. And then some of the uh, the other kind of lesser known, maybe the third Friday, that's a Christmas joint, the third Harold and Kumar. So uh, maybe throw a couple of those in the mix or something like that. Good call, dude. Yeah, I forgot about that Harold and Kumar 3D, man. That was pretty good, too. <laughs> We're going to be talking about South Park, episode 14, season 8, man. The Woodland Critters at Christmas. And it's going to be pretty awesome. We will be spoiling the... It's a spoiler alert, full-blown. We're also going to be talking about other South Park-related stuff, man. So anything South Park or South Park-related is on the table here and at play. So you have officially been warned. Well, it's official. There's a stamp and everything. That gets uh, the soup seal of approval right there. And that brings us to our featured review. This is, as the soup said... Season 8, Episode 14, the 125th overall episode of South Park, titled Woodland Critter Christmas, originally aired December 15th, 2004, directed by Trey Parker, no big surprise there, and also Trey Parker takes on the only written by credit on this one. Other than Trey Parker and Matt Stone, additional voice actors include Dante Alexander, Adrian Beard, Spencer Lacey Gannis, April Stewart, Mona Marshall, and Dakota Sai. The short plot synopsis is, Stan helps a group of woodland critters by killing a mountain lion, only to discover that he's helping them give birth to the Antichrist. 
Uh, we'll just kind of start with our overall thoughts on this one. You know, obviously, I brought this up to you, so it's an episode I know pretty well. What did you think, and how long it had it been since you checked this one out? It's been a hot minute since I've seen this one. Matter of fact, I've seen the uh, the the other Imaginarium episode earlier than I've seen this one, so uh, that was fresher in my brain than this one had been. But yeah, it's been a it's been definitely a hot minute, man, and it was a nice uh, rewatch, man, for sure. I didn't quite remember everything, you know, going into it. Uh, it was big, big recollection, recollections and stuff all the way through. So it was cool, you know, the way this episode it was played out, you know, not remembering or not knowing what happens, you know, kind of like going into the later parts of it and everything. So it was, a, it was a good rewatch for sure. Yeah, I really enjoyed it, and it's an odd Christmas episode. There's not really a message. Usually, you know, in all these Christmas episodes, and it, you know, again, they used to end with every uh, every episode where Santa Kyle will give a little speech or whatever about what happened in the in the first few seasons and why they need to do better. It, it's a little bit of a trope, but here they just kind of let it go wild, where you're wondering what's going on, and then finally, when you get the reveal that this is all a story that Cartman is writing, you know, of course, to stick it to Kyle at the end of the day, which is what he does when Kyle. Uh, dies of AIDS two weeks later, but everybody else has a, a merry, happy right. Christmas and all that stuff. Uh, so I really appreciated that. And it's just, it, it takes everything to the, the next level, kind of. It's like, yeah, we could take this joke pretty far or we can jump off the mountain with it. Uh, I, from the Bambi thing with killing the mountain lion kind of in front of the Cubs and the, the whole abortion thing at the end. I mean, they really try to just see, you know, how much they can throw at it. Like, let's just keep taking another giant step over the line and see what happened. And they play it really straight and it winds up working really well for me. Even the little Christmas trope with the narrator. I love to stand fighting with the narrator kind of throughout. He's trying to get him to, to do the things. And I'd say, I'm like, no, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. So all that stuff worked really well. I don't know if it's my favorite South Park episode or my favorite South Park holiday episode even, but it is really good. And it does give us that, uh, the appearance of the the woodland critter creatures in the imagination land episodes where they are awesome and maybe the scariest villains in, in the whole thing which is saying something because they have like literally every scary villain ever like they have the eye from the lord of the rings they got everything in that joint oh yeah yeah satan's definitely there too man <laughs> yeah i mean he's a, he's a little bit less intimidating because we've seen so much of him on south park once you've seen him throw a fit over his uh, super sweet 16 or whatever then it's all downhill from there kind of yeah, South Park skate. South Park Satan isn't exactly. Uh, yeah, it's exactly. Scary. Yeah, he's literally banging Saddam Hussein for a couple of seasons. So that's that's wild. That's how long the movie too. South, yeah. South Park has been going on for Saddam Hussein used to be a major uh, recurring character. Uh, and we're gonna kind of dive into the episode. Just go through it bit by bit here. It's not as densely packed as a lot of South Park episodes, so not as much as you think. But what you do get is extremely interesting and funny. Uh, right off the top, the narrator kind of sets up the deal, introduces us to the woodland critters, and sets up Stan as the boy in the red poop ball hat. The critters ask Stan to make a star for their Christmas tree. Stan does it, makes him a paper star. Then he goes home. Not much here. There's just the bit with the narrator. We get early on how they're going to kind of play it. And then all the animals, like, is this brilliant? Where they're all like, There was Squirrely, the squirrel. Rabbity the rabbit, Beavery the beaver, and Barry the bear, Porcupiney the porcupine, Skunky the skunk, Foxy the fox, and Deary the deer, Woodpeckery the woodpecker, Mousy the mouse, and Chickadee the chickadee. What do you think? Is that brilliant or lazy? Dude, I think it's a little bit of both, man. You know, it's uh, yeah, I'd have to say it's 
just like a perfectly melted grilled cheese or something you know it works but it's still kind of when it got to woodpeckery the woodpecker it became on a funnier level yeah i would say woodpeckery the, the woodpeckery is just kind of ridiculous and then chickadee e was pretty great that was the the punchline they put on it where they had to kind of admit how bad it is because it starts out reasonably squirrely right you got squirrely mousy some of those are kind right. of reasonable yeah, when you get to Woodbury, man, then it's like, you know, it's, uh, you know, it gets on that different level where it's now we're over the edge and it's either hilarious or or stupid, you know, and it's uh, it's crossed between brilliant and lazy, I guess. Right. <laughs> it's old joke that starts funny and then it gets old and then you keep going until it's funny again. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which yeah makes family it... guy definitely like the, the, yeah, hammered those jokes home over the years. After that, Stan's at home, it's at night, he's in his bedroom, he wakes up, turns on the light, and boom, the woodland critters are there in his room staring at him. Apparently, Porcupiney is pregnant, despite being a virgin, and she's going to give birth to their savior. But they need Stan to build a manger for them, which he does in the middle of the night, he goes build him a manger. The critters rejoice, but then they run away when a mountain lion appears. Stan scares it away, but apparently it's going to eat Porcupiney's child. So they asked Stan to kill it for them. You know, you said you hadn't seen this one in a while. Did you have any kind of inkling? Like, what were you thinking when he turns on the light and boom, all those critters are just in his bedroom? Well, at this point, knowing South Park, I figured maybe it was like some kind of a dream sequence kind of episode or something to that effect, you know? So, I I mean, I I figured there was something fishy, you know, uh, going on there, man. It wasn't just a normal, like, day-to-day kind of thing there. But, uh fuck uh, it was trippy man <laughs> hey just shut up mousy this isn't an episode with a ton of dynamite dialogue but just when he says i deduce the man boy doesn't understand the seriousness of the fertilization uh that's basically what like all of your parents tell you before you go to college or go to live on your own or whatever like no you need to understand the seriousness of fertilization this is a big yeah, thing maybe maybe not in those exact words i don't know anybody if anybody uses the word deduce i'm like hmm something's up here because that's not really something most people throw into common vernacular or whatever but uh yeah deduce man maybe i need to start saying it more make myself seem smart after that stan climbs a mountain and manages to kill the lion by tricking it into jumping off a cliff the lion is mourned by its three cubs and stan is very upset stan returns to the critters and tells them that the lion is dead he's taken it back when the critters celebrate by yelling hail satan Things get even darker when the critters sacrifice Rabbity, drink his blood, and then proceed to have a blood orgy. You know the meme from Anchorman where, uh, it, you know, Will Ferrell's like, ooh, that escalated quickly. This escalated yeah. quickly, right? It escalated very quickly, dude. You know, I mean, blood orgy is, uh, it, it was pretty, it was pretty hardcore, man. You know, I mean. If you take a if you take a minute and replay that part a little bit, you'll catch some weird shit going on in there, man. <laughs> yeah, and blood definitely not a good lube either. Like you do not want to use blood as lube, no matter what anybody tells you. It's uh, uh it's like yeah. sex in the champagne room. You do not want to go there. And you knew they were setting something up when the mountain dies, the lion dies, and then you see the cubs come out. You were like, all right, like you know this is gonna probably go somewhere dark, but I I, I was not expecting it to go dark this hard. And just shout out the exchange between a deary and birdie. I thought you meant the son of God. Well, think about it. You really think God would have sex with a porcupine? No way. Only Satan, Prince of Darkness, and King of All Evil would do that. Yay! Uh, uh, this is not one I want to look up or Google, but uh, 
it would not surprise me if uh, porcupine reproduction is very painful. I would imagine so, you know. Um, yeah, I, I'm going to have to investigate now. now you, you pushed my curiosity button on that one. Stan's back home, and the narrator tries to convince him to go back to the forest, and eventually he gives in. He goes back to the forest, where the critters ask him to find a heathen human for their Antichrist to inhabit. Stan refuses and tries to destroy the manger, but the critters repel him with their satanic powers. They tell Stan that only a mountain lion can stop them. Just one question. They set up the whole thing, a heathen child. Where did you think they were going with that? Because in my head, the first time, I definitely was like, oh, it's going to be Cartman, right? Yeah, honestly, the first time, I, I, my first thought was Kenny. I was like, man, Kenny could be the one, dude, you know. So. Yeah, I wasn't thinking of in terms of who have been baptized or whatever. I, my guess is Cartman has probably been baptized. I, I don't know if that's canonical or not. And Kenny definitely might not have been or, or what have you, but that would have been interesting. In later seasons, it probably would have been Butters because, you know, of course it would have been Butters. But <laughs> Butters would have got in there by default, dude, somehow. <laughs> And again, you get the little kind of fight between Stan and the narrator where, uh, you know, he wants him to go back yeah. to the forest. And Stan's like, not doing that. And he's just sitting there watching the Jeffersons or whatever, just chilling. Dude, I that like just that. just a random throughout reference. The entire, yeah, throughout the entire episode, I like that. Because at first, you just kind of get, like, the eyes rolling. And, you know, he's not really going along with it, but he's doing it. And the narration is completely off. Like, it's all like, oh, Stan was filled with joy and accepted with, you know, or whatever the fuck. And Right, he's trying to set him up for the line. Like, you normally would in the, the Grinch or whatever, how they set it up. I think they're doing a play on the kind of the Grinch narration here a little bit. Yeah, super cool, though, man. You know, and then it eventually gets to a point where, uh, you know, it's a back and forth. You know, and he can obviously hear the narration going on which is, i like that kind of element into something man it gives uh you know if it's done right it's it's cool you know and i like just the little montage where they're they're just eviling everything up and they take the star on top of the major and just turn it upside down to make it evil yeah. <laughs> just yeah, stupid were, little touches uh, like that i'm always a sucker for that stuff you got to be detailed man you know yeah it, you know it's just especially impressive how south park does those kind of details in such a short turn around time it's really amazing when you think about it. Absolutely, man. After that, Stan returns to the mountain and tries to recruit the cubs to stop the critters. Unfortunately, they're only babies. And the only way they can think to stop the critters is an abortion. They are all magically whisked away to a nearby abortion clinic where we get a montage of the lying cubs learning to perform abortions. Soup Deucer, I cannot believe I just said those words in that order. That's, I mean, just wild, right? I mean, this is just someone, I, I just imagine pitching this, right? I'm just trying to imagine in the room someone pitching this and everyone trying to wrap their heads around it. It's definitely something that only works in South Park universe, man. And uh, at this point, if you're, uh, you know, you're Trey Parker, Matt Stone, you could probably pitch whatever the fuck you want. You can pitch, you can pitch any kind of ball you want, man. You know, like in Major League, when he's like, I'll let you name it. Like, yeah, I'll call it the Masturbator. They're pitching Masturbators, dude, and everything. Nice else. Major League Two reference. That's not even Major League. That's Major League Two. Jack Parkman. Beautiful reference. I love it. I got a new one I'll show you. You get a piece of it, I'll let you name it. I'd uh, call it the Masturbator. So, uh, yeah, I mean, they're pitching whatever they want, dude. And uh, and this is just, uh, you know, South Park being South Park, man. I mean, who else would even think of crazy shit like this? But this is where it belongs, and it does well where it is, man. You know, I mean, 
South Park is known for being way out there, and this is way out there. Yeah, I mean, like they've done a bunch of very good montages, and they've also parodied a ton of montages. And I mean, even done to the point where they had a song called Montage. I believe that's from Aspen, which is one of my favorite. Even Rocky had a montage. Like, just they know what they're doing, and to just see yeah. them do it this way with such a, a tricky subject matter in that it, it's even better that it's right after the thing with the lion cubs where they're full on, like you just killed Bambi's mom basically. And they're just like, Oh no, he's coming to kill us. And they're just like, we're better off dead. We hate our lives. You killed our mommy and just taking stand down just so low. And, and then just a the little dig where he's like, Oh, I got tricked by a squirrel. And he's like, dude, you got tricked by a squirrel. You ain't too smart. Are you yeah, just <laughs> great stuff? And then, the abortion doctor, this is probably the line that they got in the most trouble for him, I guess, is like he's just doing all this fast talking about well, tell me he's like, Oh yeah, it's only three days of Christmas, so I have a lot of abortions to perform. Yeah. <laughs> it's a busy season, man, you know, I guess apparently. But yeah, they gloss right over all of that. But uh yeah, that's uh South Park would try to make abortion funny, you know, and kind of succeed, I guess. You know, I mean it's not because right, it's so far over the top that it's it's and obviously even the way it works out in this episode, there's no babies were harmed in the making of this or anything like that yeah i mean you're right <laughs> you know i mean they didn't they never actually abort like a baby or anything really like you know these are all willing uh you know it might have been worse if they left with their own little uh my little abortionist toolkit or something that might have been bad like they didn't they never saw them with a little uh you know maybe that would have been a, a step too far but i think for the most part they keep it in the humor zone pretty good they're, they're, there's yeah, nothing yeah, really think, uh, political about abortion in this light it's just meant to be ridiculous and over yeah. the top, and yeah, totally absolutely, is. man. And the lion goes in. The one little lion cub goes in for the kill, yeah, and like just straight. You know, <laughs> again, well, that's why they might have needed the toolkit. So uh, we're we're not quite there <laughs> yet. That uh, after the abortion clinic stuff, the critters meet Kyle and learn that he's unbaptized. They tell him that he's perfect, and they bring him back to the forest with them. Stan and the lion cubs finally arrive at the manger, only to find that the Antichrist has already been born. The critters start to try to transfer their savior into a tied-up Kyle when Santa's sleigh descends from the sky. When he finds out what's happening, he takes out a shotgun and starts killing the critters. Uh, do you thoughts on Santa showing up? Because you have to remember at this point, I believe both Santa and Jesus were characters that would kind of sometimes show up on the holiday stuff. So it's not kind of insane that Santa just flew out of the sky when he's like, oh, there's only one way to deal with a critter. Just does the, you know, the little shotgun pump thing. It starts blowing their heads off. Uh, did that work for you kind of, or was that a little bit of a, I did enjoy that because I like that kind of like, it reminded me of a cheesy Christmas horror flick where all of a sudden somebody out of nowhere shows up and just is like cocking a shotgun and, you know, saving the day, dude, you know, or whatever. It, I think it's very like South Park like to have, you know, Santa Claus show up on Christmas out of fucking nowhere. You know, I mean, that's exactly what South Park would do. And why not have him wield in a shotgun and kill all the woodland critters? You know, I mean, if anybody's a man for the job, probably Santa <laughs> Claus on Christmas. Yeah, I mean, he's got one of the magic bags, so he can carry all the, the weapons and guns he needs. They all fit in the magic bag. It's like Arnold's oh, bag yeah, whatever, Commando. Yep. That missile yeah, launcher okay. fits right in the bag. Don't worry about it. It fits Brando right in there. got shit on Santa Claus, dude. He can put whatever he wants in his bag, dude. <laughs> if someone wanted to just remake Commando, but have it being like Mrs. Claus was kidnapped, and it's just, you know, someone playing Santa Claus doing all the Arnold stuff, but it's Christmas themed somehow, I would be there for that. Even if it was just really cheesy. Or a cartoon, even animated, I'd be there for it. Like, say, even if like that shit happened in 
if that shit happens in like July and it's Christmas off season, all of a sudden Santa's like, man, I'm busting out my sack. I'm gonna fill it with guns. You know, it's not even Christmas time. It's like, you know, just now we got to go commando style, dude. You know. Yeah, you just wanted to say Santa, Santa busting out his sack in commando style in the same sentence. That's all you were going for. <laughs> yeah, I did. I, I didn't even realize I did that. That's great. Gold. <laughs> Gold, Jerry. Gold. And Santa takes out all of the critters, but Kyle decides that now he wants the Antichrist inside of him. He absorbs it and declares that now the Jews will control Christmas. We cut away to the boys' classroom where they're making up their own Christmas stories, and this particular story is being told by none other than Eric Cartman. Mr. Garrison initially stops Eric from finishing the story to avoid getting another call from Kyle's mom. But after the rest of the class starts sweating him to hear the rest of the story, Kyle relents. Just thoughts on overall the framing device here where we find out the narrator is Cartman. And he is the narrator's voice for the most of the part of the way out except for the very end. At least yeah, I loved it, dude, man. I loved it, man. And I knew it was, you know, like as you know, as we thought it was, you know, I mean, now it makes sense. Like, oh, of course it was Cartman telling that, you know, because especially towards the end there, the way it was building up, like with the whole Kyle thing and everything, it totally is like, oh yeah, it's definitely Cartman, you know. You don't know that until it's revealed, really, but then it just kind of clicks and it's like that, you know. When you find out that Cartman is telling a story, it makes sense a little bit. Like, oh, yeah, he's stealing the mountain lion stuff from Bambi. Like, that is actually like, probably stolen from Bambi's mom. The narrator is the Grinch, which Cartman is seeing kind of in the way that they, you know, especially that they kind of hate on Stan and Kyle specifically. That all really makes sense. In that, he, you know, he works it to kind of get to the, yeah, the right. ends that he wants. And just shout out Mr. Garrison. That uh, doesn't really get a ton to do here. Just the one bit, but just the way he's just like, yeah, we have to stop this or Kyle's mom will call. Like, you can just tell he is very sick of like getting these phone calls from Kyle's mom. And we know oh, what Kyle thinks of Kyle's sure mom. Is. Would you want to be called? Would you want that phone call, dude? I mean, I wouldn't. <laughs> no, I mean, literally, yeah, they, they built the entire you know plot of the original movie around Kyle's mom being a pain in the ass for uh, teachers, educators, and, you know, and everybody. And when in doubt, blame Canada. So, Cartman gets to continue and finish the story. It turns out that having the Antichrist inside of you is very uncomfortable, and Kyle wants him out. The Lions save Kyle by removing the Antichrist via an abortion. Santa kills the Antichrist, and the day is saved. Santa gives Stan one wish, and he uses it to bring the Lion Cub's mom back to life. Everybody has a Merry Christmas, except for Kyle, who died of AIDS two weeks later. Thoughts on the ending here? Because, you know, Kyle's like, you know how it's going to end, right? Like, Santa's going to kill me and save everybody. And did you like the way they went to it? Because you almost have to figure at a certain point, they came up with the abortion thing and worked backwards, right? Because kind of the, the abortion thing really didn't make a ton of sense on, on Porcupine initially. A little bit, but it makes way more sense when they use it on Kyle at the end, I think. So I think at some point they figured that out and then kind of worked their way backwards from the end point as far as the writing went. The imagery is kind of crazy, right? And just even the little Antichrist being this weird little, like, remember Troll Doll? I feel like he looks like one of the Troll Dolls from back in the day. Yeah, yeah, something like that. No, absolutely, dude. I mean, it's completely fucking twisted, man. But it's South Park classic right there, man. You know, I mean, it's just, uh, you know, it's something you would expect from them, but it works, man. It's like they saved the day, dude. But I like that it's like the whole save the day thing, and all of a sudden right at the end... Before the episode ends, it's got to be a, another shot at uh, Kyle because Cartman's telling the story, you know. So I think they wrapped it up perfectly by doing that. 
Um, otherwise, it just wouldn't. Uh, I think it, I think it tied it together there at the end, little ribbon on the fuck on the on the box, you know. Yeah, and I would say really one of the best ways of kind of tying it together is when it looks like all hope is lost, and they're going to do what Kyle said and kill him, have Santa kill him to to save the world, and then Stan comes up with the idea. Then he does the narrator thing. He speaks in the rhymes or whatever. The lion cubs. The little boy quickly begun. I took them to see how abortions are done. What? Now, Cubs, do like they showed you. Hurry up fast. Get the Antichrist out of my friend Kyle's ass. So I thought that was a cool way of bringing it around when he realizes it. And then the fact that that's what he realizes the solution is is just wild. Mm -hmm. But that really works for me. I thought it was pretty clever. Yeah, yeah, agree. I definitely like the way this whole thing wrapped up for sure, man. All right, dude. I think that about does it for the episode. And we'd like to see how what we feel about it compares to how everyone else feels about it. Over on IMDb, Woodland Critter Christmas is rated 9.1 out of 10. That ties it for the sixth highest rated episode of South Park of all time. That's out of 326 episodes as we record this. So what do you think, Soup? Is that too high, too low, just right? Is it there right, you know, between the top five, top ten in that area? Like, you know, it's in a tie for six. So let's call it in the top ten. Is Woodland Critter Christmas a top ten episode of South Park? I would, yeah, man, you know, I mean, it's got a lot of good things to it. I like that it's a Christmas episode and it doesn't involve, you know, Mr. Hankey or the other things that South Park has done. Um, And it's, you wouldn't think of it as a Christmas episode really, but it is. And and, and I like that, that it's different. Um, I I, I mean, there's a lot about this episode that I love. It's, it's definitely um, one of those where it's like more of a branch off and, and it's and it's pushing the limits on a lot of things, you know. So what I could consider the top ten, uh, yeah, maybe. But there's such a vast library of South Park. I'd give it a top fifteen for sure, maybe a ten, but definitely in the fifteen. Okay, see, I, I'm probably more. I was gonna say top twenty five, and that still puts it basically in like the top ten percent of of South Park episodes pretty easily. Yeah. I, I think it, it depends a little bit. I'm probably more of a sucker for it. Uh, when we get closer to the holiday season because it is again a little bit of a you know a little bit of a twist from what you would get from your normal christmas stuff so it's kind of fun to kind of like wash some of the sweetness off with uh, watching woodland critter christmas and i I do kind of retroactively bump it up a touch because of their appearance in the imagination land trilogy it is so good and such a perfect way to bring them back around that uh, i think i probably give it a little bit more than it should but again, this is South Park, another one of those episodes where you get down to like 9.0 and there's 20 episodes tied there or something. So, you know what I mean? It's really subjective to pick a, a top 10, top 15 with this kind of show. I think, you know, maybe you have your, your top couple, but it's more about tiers, right? And this is, I think, probably very clearly, I would say, in the, the second tier of South Park. It's not an all-time Stone Cold classic, but it's pretty goddamn close. So that, that's, you know, again, for me, probably between 12 and 25 on a you know, depending on how I'm feeling kind of deal. I think that's probably where it is for me. Yeah, I think that's totally fair, man. Uh, I mean, it is, uh, it, it's, a, it's a great episode, but there's just so many. I mean, it's, there's so many. So yeah, it's like I said, I might, I might, I might be overshooting it a little bit, but I'll still, I'll stand firm to that 15, you know, until I start watching a little bit more and uh, recapping some of them. And then, I, and then I, maybe I might, you know, change my review, but, uh, but for now, right there in the top 15, I give it, man, you know, to, towards the 15, 10 to 15 area. Yeah. When you have over 300 episodes, there's not really much difference between 15 and 25 when you really zoom out. So yeah, you know, they, they're right in that, again, that same tier, that same area. So yeah, I, I think we're both on the same page there. So here, here is the time where we get 
a little technical, man. Science comes in, dude. You know, or math, definitely for sure. Anyway, we're going to connect the dots here. We're going to connect this episode of South Park to the Big Lebowski somehow by way of uh, Six Degree man. How does this episode of South Park relate to the Big Lebowski of Six Degrees or less? All right. I mean, there's going to be some irony here. You know, first of all, it's like a nice carpet, right? You just need something that kind of ties it all together. So that's what we're trying to do with the Lebowski. And, you know, this comes from an obvious play on the the whole Kevin Bacon thing. He might show up in this. We'll see. Dante Alexander voiced the baby lion cubs here in Woodland Critter Christmas. He also played Newark Cop 2 in The Edge, which is season three, episode 12 of the following, where Kevin Bacon starred as Ryan Hardy. Kevin Bacon played the main villain Hayes in R.I.P.D., where Jeff Bridges played Roy, and guess what? Jeff Bridges is the dude. Not that bad, and I didn't even have to resort to basketball or Team America. Nice. Yeah, I love it that uh, that the degree that led it there was, though I love Donnie, but nine times out of ten is Donnie. It's nice to see it beat the dude this time, so uh, rock and roll, man. Yeah, Jeff Bridges has been a little more selective, where Steve Buscemi's, you know, all he needs is a you know, paycheck and a plane ticket or whatever. But, uh, you know, I love him. Don't get me wrong, but Steve Buscemi's better than, like, everything, dude. He is, yeah, he's got a very vast library. I mean, <laughs> yeah, and, and Airheads is always especially helpful. It's surprising that I didn't. Airheads is always a very helpful one for this. And yeah. uh, that brings us to our funniest moment from Woodland Critter Christmas. There's a bunch of options you could go with here. But you know what? I am just going to go with the very, very end where you get the tack on. And they all lived happily ever after. Except for Kyle, who died of AIDS two weeks later. I love that so very much. Just that little touch. Just got a genuine belly laugh for me at the end of the episode. How about you, Superman? Funniest moment from the episode. I really like the interactions in the classroom once, uh, you know, once it was discovered that uh, that Carmen was reading the everybody, everybody, you know, read their own Christmas story or whatever. And then, uh, you know, the, the rest of the class, like, kind of agging him on to, like, you know, hey, man, we want to hear the rest of the story, you know. Everything the the thing between him and Kyle staying all that I think that moment in the in the episode was was right there for me. But what happens to the lion cubs? Well, I guess we'll never know because Kyle doesn't want to hear how it ends. No, it all worked out, right? The world was saved, and I went home for Christmas dinner. Dude, why do you care? Well, after all that, I at least want to know if I had a merry Christmas or if darkness rules the earth. Oh, come on! It's obvious what happens. I get killed by Santa Claus so that Christmas is saved. Overall, I wouldn't really consider this a, a super hilarious episode. I don't know. There's a whole bunch of like like piss my pants funny moments in it but it's very very interesting and very twisted and 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 man it's got a good storyline where it keeps you get it's got suspense man there's twists and turns so this episode is something like kind of on another level man so for that reasons you know but i think when i kind of was like hey, if you haven't seen this one in a minute and my thing was like yeah there's a little scott tenderman in its dna right because this is pretty dark and it, yeah. that's why i think it makes sense on another level that it's coming from cartman because he is that dark. I just remember when the whole thing goes out and, you know, Carpenter's like, and you're eating your parents or whatever to Scott Titterman. I forget if it's Kyle or Santa. Maybe they just look at each other like, holy fuck, dude, we can't mess with Carpenter anymore. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's an acknowledgement of like, dude, he's like really, really dark. And I think this episode pretty much goes there yeah, and right. does a show there in the land of darkness. Yeah, it's right there with it. Yeah, this is definitely on that level of South Park dark, dude. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, legitimately, you have the, the like Bambi's children kind of performing abortions. It's uh, 
it's wild. And what we do on regular dudes watch stuff is we watch stuff and then we determine if it's sponge worthy or not. So you think you're sponge worthy? Yes, I think I'm sponge worthy. I think I'm very sponge worthy. You know you're nuts with these sponges. Run down your case for me again. She said I wasn't sponge worthy. Wouldn't waste a sponge on me. It's the holiday season, so we, we all look at and donate sponge things. So we, we have a sponge if we want to give one. Are you giving a sponge to the Woodland Critter Christmas? Is it sponge worthy? If you put it on a scale of all Christmas episodes, I don't know. But if you put it on a scale of like, you know, this caliber of, uh, you know, not, not even necessarily saying animated, but something like a little less on a level of like Home Alone or something. I guess since it's Christmas time and we're and we and we got an extra sponge, then yeah, sponge worthy, man. You know, on any on a on a random day in uh, you know, in June or something, it might not be as sponge worthy, man. You know, so but today it is for sure. I think that's fair. I'm also going to award it a sponge. It I think it is unique, and that's why I like it yeah. that they mess around with kind of what you think you know about South Park, especially because they'd always made a big deal out of Christmas episodes and specials and they were a real thing and the, you know, there was a real hesitation the way it worked out for this one this was the end of the season where they did team america as well and they're really worried this wasn't going to live up to being a christmas episode and they don't do one for like another six years after this so they they really do take these seriously i think it helps imagination land pay off more when they get to bring the woodland critters back and i think they're a huge part of that episode which is a lot of people's favorite part of south park at least like latter day south park so I think it's definitely sponge worthy here. It's a fun one. Again, especially if you watch a bunch of sweet Christmas stuff, this is a nice, you know, kind of palate cleanser a little bit. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll get oh, some of that sure. sweet and saccharine yeah. stuff gone and, uh, palate, you know, all right. yeah, <laughs> wipe it down here with that. All right. Now that we have determined that Woodland Critter Christmas is sponge worthy, we have to give it a grade. Soup on a scale of one to 10 red poof ball hats. How many are you giving to this episode? I'm gonna go ahead and I'm giving this one nine poofball hats. This is a good this is a good episode, man, when it comes to uh when it comes to holiday South Park animated, anything, you know, a little short guy to watch uh, around the holiday season. It gets a it's a good one. It's right there, man. I highly recommend it. Gets uh, it gets nine red poofball hats. I hate to double up, but I literally wrote it down in my notes before we started, 9.0. Red poop ball hats. It just feels about right. I think that's where it is. It's not quite yeah. in the top tier, but it's fun. In it goes by incredibly quickly. You don't have to pay a ton of attention. It like, but it's hard to look away at times. I think that's right there with it. You know, I think that makes a lot of sense. So, and again, it's nice even number of hats too. So you have an even number of poop balls, and uh, I do love the winter hat. Not a big fan of the poop ball, especially because I own a, a pup, and uh, poop balls generally die a, a horrible death when when i own them but uh they look cool if you can maintain them yeah how do you feel about the about the hats with the big long shit and then the poof all way down on it you know like the almost like the big long elf hats so you ever you ever i'll get them those? dirty dude i definitely i'm worried about I'll get them dirty i'll knock them out they don't fit well on my head it's like a weird balancing thing yeah i got enough hair to deal with i don't need a, a longer hat maybe if i didn't you know yeah, if i was bald maybe. or something maybe i need a long hat to try to like feel less bald or something. <laughs> like like the big truck thing yeah yeah but uh yeah right on i never had one of those either i think they look cool on some people but it depends you can rock whatever dude you can rock a jester hat out there man you know i mean shit maybe i should 
I should start. Yeah, I think I'd rather. Yeah, I'd rather rock the Jester hat. I think, and I and let's speaking of that, dude. This is regular dudes watch stuff. Let's just do some some regular dudes holiday stuff. I wish we had a better name, but we don't. But we're just regular dudes doing holiday stuff. You know, we're kind of doing the the TV movie thing. Any others that really stick out to you? Uh, it's kind of random, but I do want to shout out American Dad. They have taken like the Christmas episode and kind of made it their thing. And they, they always do some pretty crazy stuff at Christmas. That's a lot of fun. And uh, Futurama as well. I know it's still stuck in kind of the animated comedy stuff, but uh, they've had some real good Christmases with the idea that, you know, Santa is a homicidal robot with bad programming. So people have to hide at Christmas because Santa's coming to kill them instead of giving them toys. It's a neat concept they they played with. Uh, that was always a lot of fun. John Goodman uh, originally played him. Uh, when the episode first aired, uh, I think John DiMaggio has taken over as a character since, but they do, they, they've done a few Christmas specials. It's really good. How about you, Soup? I know you're a big fan of the, uh, the Trailer Park Boys Christmas special. Uh, any other kind of, you know, episodes of television or even Christmas movies that stick out that aren't necessarily as mainstream? Yeah, definitely Trailer Park Boys. Um, that Christmas episode is a, is a, is kind of a I want to say it's a side yeah, it's a side project, but not a spinoff. It's still them. It's a little bit different, but it's definitely its own thing. Uh, you know, if you like those guys at all, worth watching for sure. And if you have already seen it, then uh, you know, give it another look. You know, I just got out of jail, which was awesome. You know, in jail we don't have presents and lights and trees. We just get stoned and drunk. It's the best time. Other than that, man, um, I always I always enjoy watching the Festivus uh, shit with Seinfeld. You know, that's never a bummer. Let's do it then. All right. Festivus is back. I'll get the pole out of the crawl space. There's a new one in the rotation this year. It, it's kind of heavy to watch, but it's definitely a Christmas episode. I'm definitely going to rewatch it. Uh, Soup, are you going to rewatch Fishes from the Bear? Oh, shit. You know what, man? Brand I... new. It's the first time we're getting to it and it being in play for Christmas. We've talked about it on the Bear Brigade. Yeah. Uh, are you going to rewatch Fishes? Like, you could watch it standalone, theoretically. Like, it's a prequel, you know, but minor spoilers, but, you know, it won't, it doesn't interfere with the rest of the Bear if someone's never seen it before. So, uh, oh, I think it's going on the Christmas list. It's going it's on, on the, the list. It's on the paper. You're writing it on the paper. It's official, though. I added it. I added it to the list, man. Nice. I think you're right, dude. I think that should be something that works its way in every Christmas, man. If not, I'll I'll give it a test run. I'll I'll dip my toes in it this uh, this Christmas here, man. This season, and uh, you know, we'll test the waters. And I think I think it has the longevity. I think it's got the potential to be one of those. Bring it out, you know, at Christmas time every year. You know, I think uh, we'll see. We'll see. I like the idea. It's on the it's on the paper, so uh, I'm gonna watch it. And I'll let you know. How about music stuff? I am generally not a huge fan of the holiday music. It's fine. I don't mind it for a couple of weeks in December. There are people, my mother, you know, that'll start in September or whenever, like the, the holiday channel comes back online for the serious or what have you. And how about it, Soup? I, I will say that I know that our boy JVG and I agree that a hippopotamus for Christmas is like one of the most annoying worst songs ever made. Uh, the Christmas, the chipmunk yes. joint is actually like one of the most popular Christmas songs ever. Uh, any thoughts on kind of, you know, the Christmas music genre? You know, years ago, I used to, I despised Christmas music. I hated it. It would, I did a lot of work when I was younger in places where, you know, the music was kind of like that generic kind of, we're going to play Christmas music all of December. And that's what you have to listen to all day, like on the job and shit. And, you know, I think going through that kind of like, you know turned me off of it for a while but uh, even after that 
it was a lot of years where I was like, you know, I hate Christmas music. You know, I mean, I, I still like Christmas, but, you know, fuck Christmas music. I just didn't like it. None of it. It, it, it all just kind of pissed me off. But now it, it doesn't anymore. You know, it, it's, it's kind of weaned its way back in uh, year by year. And now it doesn't really bother me at all, unless it's too early. You know, if it's not Thanksgiving yet, leave it the fuck alone. You know, after Thanksgiving, fine. You know, that you put up decorations for Christmas, go full-blown christmas after thanksgiving that's cool man you know and, and for the month whatever some of those songs are annoying and stupid but it is also you know it's it's once a year it's nostalgic and i do enjoy and appreciate that kind of thing so it's kind of come back into into my world as like something that doesn't you know necessarily piss me off anymore like it used to which is which is cool i think it's silly that it did for as long as it did but uh either way you know yeah no i don't mind it anymore i almost kind of embrace it you know i mean to to a certain extent you know and you know, for the, you know, 30 days or whatever it is, it's, it's fine. It's that time of year, dude, you know? Okay. So I think you agree with me. Like when it comes to decorating for Christmas after Thanksgiving down by new year's, right? I don't want to say down by new year's. I mean, I think, I mean, the right, coolest... day after new year's, like if people like yeah, a day after yeah. they, I mean, that, if you need to be or something, but the best part about new year's is all the Christmas lights, dude, you know? Um, well, it's so, a week after Christmas, then, right? That that would be the thirty second. So that's the uh, I give it, the first know, day. I, mean, I give it second day. Down, like uh, with the other holidays, like Halloween and stuff, everybody wants to take it down the day after, or at least you know, like no longer than a week after. You know, with Christmas, I really think you can let that ride. Maybe not like the Santa Clauses and, and shit like that, and the and the blow ups and all that. But maybe with the lights and stuff, I think you could probably ride that through January or the good better part of January. Lights, I'm cool. Whatever. If you want to leave your Christmas lights up, as long as they're not like. Like a you know national lampoon style so light that you can like land a land a plane if they're that loud and bright. But other yeah. than that, if you want to leave the lights up, I don't care. It's all the other extra whatnot. I think is really the yeah the other extra whatnot. Uh, you know, give it give it mid January at most, dude. You know, all right. right. So you're more generous than I on that one. A little more generous um, on that. But I will say, and again, I hate that I'm admitting this on the internet or what have you, but I will say the newer generation has this on us. Christmas music is way more acceptable now because you can put on, say, a, plot of, a Spotify playlist and play 300 hours of different Christmas songs. Back in the day, you only had a radio rotation. You had CDs. It would be the same songs over and over by Maybe the that's same why artist. I'm getting cooler with right. it now. So I think that's why you're cooler with it now day. because you get yeah. different versions, right? Like at right. least if you're going to have to hear Jingle Bells 10 times, give me 10 different versions by 10 different artists from five different genres. And maybe even some good jam bands are rocking it, dude. You never know, man. Yeah, yeah. again, you never even like some of the lo-fi stuff. Like that's yeah. you'd be amazed kind of what it get, you know, again, probably depends There's on the mood you're in, that shit. kind of thing. But that's uh yeah, like lo-fi Nintendo beats are kind of like random. I've heard of the lo-fi. Like, yeah, yeah just if you're it. kind of yeah. like writing, if you just want background music with it, you, you want to write to a beat or whatever. Uh yeah. you're you're a food guy. How about Christmas food. Let me put it this way. For me and my family, for the most part, Christmas is just Thanksgiving part two. There's usually a turkey, gravy, and mashed potatoes, but there's also usually, you know, probably a beef course and probably some lasagna too. And uh, what, what do you think about Christmas food, man? Does it, can it be Thanksgiving part two? Should it be its own thing? Uh, bigger, smaller, any thoughts? I, I think it depends on the crowd, you know, um, if you're if well, obviously like, yeah, you don't need to cook for 10 if you have two, uh, Right. But um, I don't know how much I love turkey on, on Christmas. I wouldn't hate it. I'd be fine with it. 
is it kind of usually like one a, turkey breast to be fair not a whole joint like a breast yeah yeah that'd be cool i mean is it like a thanksgiving part to you yeah but do you want the exact same foods man this is where you bust out you know things like maybe uh maybe like a, a lamb or you know or, or prime rib or something like you know that you didn't do thanksgiving because you had turkey you know something else to kind of like you know and all the accoutrements can kind of like you know mix and match or some of them could be the same but you know what at the end of the day it's not Christmas dinner without the roast beast, man. And you got to carve it. Whoever carves the roast beast, you know, kind of is like the MVP of the season, man. I'm there for that. Like I said, we usually do a, a beef course, and sometimes it's been like a, a you know, a prime rib, a tenderloin, been different ways it's been done over the years. Uh, my pops is really the lamb guy. How about Christmas sides? Anything in particular that stands out as a yay or a nay? I, I like the I like the rum balls, man. When it comes to like Christmas uh, sides, cookies and desserts, I do like the random Christmas cookies and everything everywhere. Such so like I like the variety. Oh, of you the- very important question. I have to cut you off. Favorite shape of a Christmas cookie? I'll go with the trees. I like the trees. Yeah, yeah, I like the tree. I like the snowman shape too, because then you kind of kind of bust it into three parts. You Snowman's know? a good twofer if you dunk it in coffee or something. <laughs> the snowman works well because you can dump yeah. like make the individual circles out of it. So that's kind of cool if you're doing it that way. For sure, for sure, yeah, man. I mean, there's a lot of cool ones. I, I mean, the snowflake being, you know, there's people with the snowflake cookies, and then, you know, there's always um, what else is it? The gingerbread houses. Are you a fan of gingerbread houses, man? I mean, I don't like gingerbread. I used houses. to see those when I was a kid. I remember going to the the Pioneer's Country Club in North Carolina, and they had a big contest. These are really elaborate, man. Like stuff you probably see now on a like a cake boss type of show or something. I mean, yeah. huge, and they would have actual trains running through them. You know, the the mechanical trains. Uh, oh yeah, no shit. I mean, really, really cool. But I don't know how you eat that. I, I think it's cool from an artistry standpoint. Like I'm into it, That's like because of the trains yeah. and everything. But I mean, I don't. I'm never. I'm not really huge into all that kind of. You know, again, yeah, it's funny we talked about that with Satan. It's a super sweet sixteen, and he had to have the Ferrari cake, and he was all mad or whatever because it wound up being like a an Acura cake or something like that. You know that idea. Like I don't really care. I'm not really a, a huge dessert guy, but I, I I find the whole thing kind of interesting. I guess. Yeah, for sure, man. Uh, I'm not a huge dessert guy either. Matter of fact, I very, I eat very few desserts, man. But uh. The ones I do like, but uh, the ginger, the back to the gingerbread thing. I think it's more of a cool, you know, decorative thing than it is something you eat. But if you can make it good enough to eat the whole way through, too, like you see all these fucking crazy elaborate cakes and whatnot, and and like half of it's like almost a structure, and half, like how much of this thing's edible, you know? I mean, that falls into yeah, place. that's what I mean. Yeah, like it's you know more again more of a display than a, but it would be super awesome if it looked that cool, and then you could eat it at the end. Imagine yeah, you know, that'd be like Wonka, Wonka right? right? Like Wonka, like imagine if you could eat the Christmas tree. Like that's how you took the Christmas tree down. It was like candy. You just ripped it down and ate it. Yeah, just rip it down and eat it. That's actually brilliant. I love that idea, man. Keep that one in the brain for whatever some reason, sometime ever in the future, if it ever comes into play. All right, dude. Uh, new Christmas, dude. We have three NFL games for a long time. Sports on Christmas were basketball or, or nothing, kind of. It was the day the NBA kind of started for a lot of people like me. Now we have legitimate three island games on Christmas. It's a lot like how they do Thanksgiving. Do you like that? Yes or no? I mean, I don't hate it. I don't love it. I don't think there, I don't know that there should be three. People have a lot to do on Christmas. I mean, Thanksgiving too, that's more of a relaxing day. Christmas is a lot of, usually a little bit more stressful um sounds like you're saying two games maybe two games on christmas might be the uh 
one maybe two you know if you're gonna do it you know i, I mean again there's gonna be those there's that time in christmas where like you know a lot of times you get a it's a day off it's a you and you're in one way or another you might have time to chill and football might be cool but some people might have like oh shit i gotta be on the go all day because we gotta go here and here and here and all this you know everybody's christmas is different i get that but it is a holiday and holiday games usually are pretty cool they're pretty cool on thanksgiving not against it i don't know that there should be three because that's kind of like all day football you know and if you miss one that you want to see because you're wrapped up in like some christmas shit you're going to be pissed about it you know so i think put the one at a convenient time you know maybe try and squeeze two in if you you know but uh, but but an all day or I don't know about that. I think that's fair. Again, it probably comes down to uh, how you celebrate Christmas. Are you hosting? Are you going somewhere else? And how many children do you have? Uh, yeah, the the more complicated those yeah. answers are, the more it builds in. Like if you were just, you know, going to someone else's house, you're going to be there all day Thanksgiving style. It's pretty awesome to have three games. But if yeah. not, then yeah, it all depends. And they have to be good games too. I think that's really imperative. I remember last year you had, I believe it was the, uh, the Denver Broncos were absolutely terrible against the Los Angeles Rams. They were very terrible. And I wound up watching it on the Nickelodeon channel because they had like some kind of SpongeBob overlay thing going on with it. And I was like, this game is so bad. We have to watch it Nickelodeon style. And it was actually kind of cool. I, they're doing that again this year, I believe, with a game. It improved the game. Then, then, it, it, it did a little bit. Like it's a, <laughs> I didn't hate it. Nice. That's cool. How about like random holiday traditions, man? Back in the day, I used to meet up with a couple of my buddies and we would go out Christmas night at like nine or 10 o'clock. At one point I went to the movies. At one point I snowboarded Christmas day in the morning. I'd get up, do presents, go snowboarding yeah. for a couple hours, come home. Any kind of, you know, non-traditional Christmas traditions that you mess with? You know what, man? I think you kind of nailed all of them. And I and, and now looking back, I'm like, I miss that, dude. Uh, recently, I've not had any really non-traditional uh, Christmas fuck whatever's uh, going on, man. And I and I think I need to start one actually, you know, because like I remember like doing those things, like you know, you do the traditional Christmas thing, and then you know, you're it's it, everybody else is you know is late ever or late ish. I had a know, blast like, going out Christmas night, dude. We used to have a, an awesome time. Christmas night, right? Yeah, yeah. Everyone would kind of be relieved and going out and get to relax, and it would start out kind of light, and then it would get kind of packed late. Stein is definitely cool, man. And I've done the go to the movies thing on Christmas, you know. That's cool. That's cool, too. Um, I'm not so much of a go to the movies guy anymore, um, but uh, I wouldn't be against it, but I would I would opt for going out over going I mean, it could be cool now. You can go to some of these movie joints and get, you know, alcohol service and everything and food or whatever and, like, make a time. Yeah, that's kind of cool. That's yeah. a legit thing now. Like, you have a movie a movie tavern by me. I know something like the Alamo Draft House, that kind of thing. That's a real thing now. You can, like, go to a flick at a booth or a table and get, you know, service. And Yeah, see, man, I told you, man, or, well, I didn't tell you, but Tarantino told us back in the day when, 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 when Travolta was talking about, uh, you know, it went to paris and you can get uh you know go to the movies and get a beer i'm not talking no paper cup either you know yeah i get real get a pint do you want a pint go to the pub no you can get one in the movies you should be able to man you know i mean you don't want it to be like a bar you know because you don't want people being loud you don't want people like you know passing out you know that kind of shit but but you should be able to like i mean if you're watching a movie at the house usually have a drink or whatever you like to do you should be able to do that you know yeah, I mean, I used to know people back in the day, they'd bring, you know, like a uh, a flask of rum in or something because, like, they're like, dude, if I'm going to pay, like, $10 for a Coke, oh, yeah, I'm going to put some rum in there. 
Absolutely, we should do. The same only thing, way it's yeah. like only price fair. I would say the AMC by me you know they have a. You, I think you can order to your seat on the app or whatever, and they'll like bring you a beer or whatever. And they have like right. a little bar in the lobby, and it you know it, to their credit that the alcohol was not unreasonably priced. The popcorn and everything else, all that stuff is still crazy expensive, but the alcohol was actually fairly reasonably priced for what it was. You know what oh, you would nice. expect you to uh, you know pay in that situation. Uh, dude, any gift tips? You, you're a man of the kitchen. One gift tip I always give is silverware because it's something you can find on sale that everybody needs and no one ever wants to buy. And I think that's the best gift is something that everybody needs, but no one actually wants to spend their money on. And any gift tips before we get out of here? Yeah, you know, I mean, any kitchen gadget's always fun for somebody, man. Everybody loves a new kitchen toy. If you're if you if you if you're into that kind of thing, you know, I mean. If not, I mean, gift cards are cheesy and and but they always work, you know. So you could always always take the take the cop out and do the gift card thing. I don't like those because you know how much you spend on them, and it's like you know they're they're tacky. But you know, a calendar is always a good one, <laughs> you know, for somebody less uh, you know, kind of like further down on the list. But for the important ones, you know, a good chef's knife, man. If you can afford it, get somebody a good knife, a good knife. Or you know what? If you don't want to go that crazy, get somebody a good pocket knife, man. Everybody needs a good pocket knife. Got to have a blade around for whatever reason. And, you know, I mean, I always think that's a good gift, you know. And, uh, you know, any anything with a little bit of, anything with a little thought behind it, you know, then that all depends on the character or the person you're buying something for or getting something for. It doesn't have to be bought. You could paint them a fucking picture. You know, if you put some thought behind it or whatever, you know, I mean, sometimes those things mean more than anything, man. So uh, whatever counts. Yeah, I definitely will co-sign on the anything you can make. And also, you know, as far as kitchen stuff, any like pots and pans are right there with silverware and that there's something everybody needs, but you hate to spend money on it because you have one, right? And that yeah. happens to so many people. Like, what, well, I already have one. But like, yeah, it's really banged up. Like just even one nice saucepan or something, one nice frying pan. <laughs> it doesn't have to be a lot and then there's always a nice mix-up joint if you're going to do a gift card slightly downgrade the gift card and get a t-shirt or something or a coffee mug or something to go with it oh dude you so know just, what like, Funny add a little of a good. personal yeah. joint to plus gift card i think so it's not just gift card i think that's crucial I mean, that's a six pack call. of beer or anything like right, a bottle yeah. of wine just a little yeah. something to go with you know the gift card or do like you know little restaurant gift card and then amazon gift card or something you know something yeah, to mix it up a little cool, bit make a little more I like that. yep i love that man love that i think that's kind of the idea idea behind it generic gifts are you know generic gifts man but like right i know, don't want to give my brother-in-law a hundred dollar amazon card when he gives me a hundred dollar amazon card it's literally at that point then you should just communicate ahead of time like yo let's each buy the thing we want for ourselves and then we'll open them up together <laughs> right yeah, yeah, you yeah. laugh but i mean as a dude at this age i can i would be like you know what i mean that makes total sense uh, before we get too far off topic, I guess anything else as far as the holidays or the woodland critter creatures, I will just say that season eight of South Park is a goddamn banger. It is right up there in at least my top three seasons of South Park front to back. It is great. And considering they worked on this and Team America basically at the same time, that is a goddamn minor miracle that they did all that. You know, that's the kind of thing most people take a year and a half off, right, from doing their show now to make a movie that happens all the time. No, nah, they worked through it. They did 14 episodes, you know, one of their bigger episode loads that they, they really ever did. That's about as much as they ever did. I think maybe they did two eight two parts of eight at one point maybe. But, yeah, 14 in one go was, you know, the, the biggest bite they ever took. And they absolutely nailed this one here. And, uh, you know, talked about this one being one that came down to the wire. And they were so happy they pulled it off. And, 
they really did. It really stands out in a in a great season of South Park overall. So if you haven't watched it for a while or even have never watched South Park, you can just start at the beginning of season eight. Have a good time. Guarantee it. Yeah, or maybe just start with this episode right and then and then backtrack and watch it for, and watch season eight from the beginning and then whatever else. Cause uh, you know, I mean, this episode could just stand by itself, I guess. I mean, not really, but kind of. Yeah, I guess it could. It, it totally could. <laughs> yeah, if you didn't know anything about it, you would just it would be really messed up, but you could kind of do it. There's hardly any other regular South Park supporting characters in it. Kyle's in it for a minute, Cartman's in it for a minute, you know, the kids in the classroom, but that's basically it. None of the parents. Well, I think that about does it. Thank you for being stands of regular dudes. Watch stuff. We really appreciate it. Again, you can find us wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. We're on social media at Dudes Watch Stuff. Make sure you have a good holiday. Don't forget to order those gifts now. And while you're at it, don't forget the flaps. Follow, like, and please subscribe. Really helps us out a lot. We appreciate it. Helps other people find our show, find our channel. Thank you very much. If you had fun, please click that thumb. I'm Magda Mills. He's the soup deucer, and he's going to tell you happy holidays or something. Right, Soup? Yeah, man. Happy holidays. However way you celebrate them, have a fucking awesome time, because that's what it's all about, man. And uh, joy to the world and all that. And to quote the uh, the critters, Hail Satan. <laughs> <laughs>